Dave. What? Get cooking, good looking. You know what? <laughs> yeah, you're smart ass. Okay, just get cooking. You're not good looking. Hurry up. Hey, today we're going to do a podcast. I'm doing a podcast with Mike. My new thing is called The Avery Show Show, better known as <laughs> Ass. <laughs> Anyways, as you look at the floor here, we've had an accident or two. I've kicked the barbecue over twice. Mm. I, it must be a sign for me to want to go on a diet, I guess. But, anyways, I got Mike here with me today, and we're going to. Ask each other a few questions, probably. Hey, get, get to know each other a little bit here. Shut the fuck up and let's cook. You invited me to eat. You need to go on a diet, I think, yourself. Here, have some strawberries. One of us has to go on a diet, and it's not me. So, Mike, the same question that everybody wants to know. What is that, Dave? Why in the fuck do you like anchovies? I don't. Only I on pizza. Oh. About, I'll eat some anyway, Dave. Ooh, I like strawberries. You do, do you? Dave, hey, are you feeling okay? What? I've never known you to buy anything that looks healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, enough of the bullshit. How's the strawberries? Yummy. Fuck. Normally I don't have dessert first, but special occasion, Ave. How did it all come about, Mike? How did what all come about? Your birth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think there's something about a gleam in my old man's eye or something. That's a story I heard, Ave. Anyways. Oh, look at that. How did Matthew, or how did the show start, or how did, how, how did, you, how did you get found? How did I get found? Well, Abe, I think it all went back to Summerland. We were doing a slope stabilization job, and there was this stupid goat called Houdini. I don't know if you remember, but back in the fall of 2009, they had a mass of 250,000 cubic meter rock slide. I remember it, Mike. I had the article still in the house that I sold yes. Brad. The article's still up there probably. It's been yes. up there for 10 years. It needs to get framed. Well, anyway, the stupid goat walked down the crack. The I earth moved again. Once the earth didn't move, the <laughs> crack the, I walked on. The earth moved again, and the poor goat was stuck down there. So we were there stabilizing seven miles. Uh, of, how far was the goat stuck down? He was down about 30, 40 feet, but it was still moving. The crack was like this wide. So the highways comes up to me and says, Mike, we got a problem. I says, what's the problem? Says, there's a goat stuck down <laughs> the crack and we want you to go get it. I says, that sounds like that's your problem, I says. But then we went and looked. I phoned my old lady. She said, if we didn't save the goat, I couldn't come home. So I looked at my brother, Bill. I said, Bill, what do you think? We went down and looked at the poor little goat down the crack and he said, Mike, our grandmother was French and her name was Mamère. And Bill said, Mike, Mamère said, we're not gonna go until we're ready. Says, good enough for me, let's go get the fucking goat. So the guy gave us an injection. Did he give you an injection or no, for the goat? They gave, <laughs> they gave, how did it work? They gave me the rope, Bill the needle. So we went down, I put a rope around the well, goat. Well, the people were as stupid as they saw, they give, they'll give you any needle. Well, anyway, so we went way. down and we almost, we OD'd the goat is what we did. How'd you OD the goat? The guy gave us way too much shit. We guessed what the goat weighed and it was wrong. So we knocked well, the goat out. How much did you figure the goat weighed? Uh, we said 90 pounds. Well, how much did the goat weigh? Well, not 90 pounds. <laughs> well, it must not have been a very big goddamn goat. Well, I don't know. Maybe they just gave us too much. But anyway, we knocked the goat out. We sat down there for half an hour waiting for the cliff to move and kill us. The goat passed out. I mean, this thing was still moving while you were down there. Yeah. Are you an idiot? We had to save the goat. 
We had no choice, Abe. We scribbled down the crack, 30 feet. I took it. He couldn't go anywhere. He was stuck on a pile of rocks <laughs> down there 30 feet. Blow on that. It'll get hotter, Abe. <laughs> Fuck, we're going to starve. <laughs> Hang on, we got a torch. So anyway, we pulled the goat up. We'd overdosed him. We thought he was going to die. So while we were, we were moving his legs and making him move, and for shits and giggles, I went down and gave the goat a couple breaths. What did Somebody you took a picture. And you, it made give that, the you, you give that goat mouth-to-mouth I gave the goat mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Did you give it fleas? No, but they have photo documentation of me blowing the goat in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it made the Globe and Mail. And that was the start of my uh, film career. That That's was how it. it all started, eh? That's how it all started. The stupid friggin' goat. Houdini was his name. That was fairly interesting. And then they came and wanted uh, us to do a show. And they tried for years to make a show, Here, and then... have something to eat, Mike. And then we were going to do a show, and... Uh, and what? Well, because we do all the work for, for the railroad, they wouldn't let them film. So then it went from being... The show was supposed to be on rock scaling. That's what the show was supposed to be, Avery. Rock scaling. That's what I spent my whole life doing, was rock scaling. And then they said, well, we're going to do a car well, you show. you your whole life complaining. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... So they said, we'll do a car show. I said, good luck. They filmed for three days, and the rest is history. We've been making a car show for four years. You know what I don't understand? How you got on it, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that part either, but I don't know. I, I, you know what? You know what my most memorable, memorable memory of you is? <laughs> my memorable memory? No, My, what my memorable what? memory? Mm. Do you remember back right about when I first met you, I met you through Connor, right? Because Connor worked at me in the summertime right. on my boat rental business. I'm right, you, you were ripping him off too. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> like it's the best time of his life. I know. Like, he's still got stories probably that he don't want to tell you. I know. He's well, got he stories won't. that I, he won't even tell me. My he won't kid, tell his mom anyway. My kid just looks at him, just smiles. Dad, he goes, you have no idea what good summer I had with Connor. I just looked at him and I just said, yeah, I bet. Anyways. I spent the whole summer on the wharf. Yeah. They were supposed to be renting your jet skis. I tell you what. I think they spent more time riding them than they did renting them, Abe. Spent time burning fuel. Yeah. I don't want any more of that on mine. Where did, the, where did my other half go? Holy fuck, you're greedy. <laughs> Here, have a nut. Cut that in half. So anyway, the rest is history, Abe. It's been four years. Anyways, do you remember when Brad had to shop Redline? Yeah, yeah. That's where I kind of first kind of met you. Well, yeah, well, actually, after because I was renting right across from him there. It was actually in the same. No, it was after. It was Brad actually worked Here. for me. Right? Remember, he shut down Redline. He came and worked for me. Did he got, you were working down, on, down the road where you blew the goat. That's right, and he broke his leg. The rock come down the hill there and, and picked him off. Yep. It was tragedy. Yeah, he's still fucked up over that. I know. He still doesn't walk right. Anyways, my most memorable moment of you is when you had your Chevelle, the same when you got the brown one. Hey, it's Cordovan Maroon Metallic. It's brown. Uh, no, it's not. It's burgundy. Not close enough. Like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Mouse Burgundy. Yes. Anyway, I remember this so plain. You brought your car over there. You had a brand new radiator and a motor or whatever in it. Oh. You had a brand new ride in it. <laughs> I remember the wind picked up. Yeah, but yeah, the, that, no. He's sitting there, and the wind is blowing in sunny downtown Kamloops. And it picks up a garbage bag from I don't know where. 
but I literally watched this garbage bag come across the yard like that. I go right underneath your car, right into the fan, and just peel that brand new radiator out. Yep, thousand bucks. I was choked. Yep. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Like it was yesterday, Abe. I remember it. Green shit all over your lip. Well, that's because you feed me avocados. It, uh, uh, that was good, Abe. That was healthy. Fuck me. I remember that. That sticks in my mind. What's happening with our steaks, little buddy? <laughs> and it, hang on, let's have a look. Oh, okay. I guess we're having a blue rare, Abe. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. How long you been in the cars? Abe, I started collecting cars when I was about 22. So anytime I had some spare cash, I'd go buy an old car. I mean... I started out, I lived downtown Kamloops, I had eight, and then the city was on me. Then I moved down to the industrial area. Ah, I see nothing's changed, eh? And then I got up to about 40, and then the city was on me, and then I bought the farm, got up to about 200, then the old lady was on me. <laughs> and then I bought the wrecking yard, and then I ended up with 565. And then they're, and they're still on you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nothing's changed. 40 years, Ave. Um. Is this how you do a podcast? I've never done one. <laughs> I don't know either. I'd love being to cut your lips off of that. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's interesting, eh? Yeah. Okay, guys, we need a script. No, we don't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh, we'll look at fuck, that. Holy fuck, Abe. Take it easy. So what else? What else do you do for hobbies? Nothing, just cars, Abe. Eh? Collect cars, of- buy cars, build cars. Um, Jeez, here. You want some wine to go with that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here, Mike, you went on vacation. You don't go on vacation very often, eh? No. Nope. Tell the viewers about the vacation, the boating vacation you went on. <laughs> I'd always had this dream about owning a sailboat. Yeah. <laughs> so my cousin had a sailboat. So we went on a four-day yacht trip. It was great until the wind picked up, and I spent about three hours projectile vomiting off the side of the boat. I said, that was it. Four days at four miles an hour. I will never get on a boat again. I'm cured. Yeah, I don't like boats very much either. Right? I got bad luck with boats. Well, they're slow. What do you mean you have great luck with boats? Uh, <laughs> Avery, who owns that boat? Yeah, who owns that boat? Who owns that boat, Ave? Um, How is your boat? Is it still sunk? <laughs> you're such a smart ass. It's not my boat. Anyway. You're lost for words. I'm not lost for words. I'm just thinking about how I'm going to put this. Mm. Tell me about your hair. What in God's green earth ever possessed you to get dreadlocks other than being too lazy to comb it? I was always a uh, Bob Marley fan. Were you? Always. Always loved Bob Marley. No Buffalo shit, Soldier, eh? dreadlock, and Rasta. And I started growing my hair. And I am fairly lazy and I don't like washing it much, so... They just suited me. I always liked them. Shaved them off 20 years ago and said, what have I done? So basically, I've had dreadlocks for 30 plus years. No shit. No shit. And they're organic. I didn't make them. I didn't. I mean, look, that one's pretty long. Look at that, Abe. I see that. Abe, I I got enough hair for you, little buddy. Oh, thanks. (laughs) But we're also the wrong color, though. (laughs) No, this is dirty blonde. (laughs) It used to be gray. Now it's dirty blonde. Well, here's something I'm kind of interested in. What's the first job you ever had? Rock scaling. Seriously, the first job? 
Well, packing groceries in high school, but... Well, that's okay. Yeah, but that wasn't a job. That was to make money in school. My first real job was rock scaling. No shit. I always thought you worked on the railway was your first job. Yeah, rock scaling. Oh, rock scaling on the railway was your first job. Back in the 70s, the CN Rail had four rock gangs. My little buddy of mine, do you know Matt Kelly? No. Anyway, he was about this tall. He says, hey, Mike, they're hiring rock scalers. Because my old man had told me, get a job, or join the armed forces, or get the fuck out of, out, of, out of the house. So he said, they're hiring rock scalers. So we went to apply for rock scaling job. Well, I was 6'4 and 18 years old, and Matt was about 4'6 and 17 years old. So they gave me a job and told Matt he was too young. Now, for the, for the audience, tell everybody, what, what did your old man do for a living? Uh, my old man was uh, used to be an Air Force pilot. Seriously? Seriously? He flew B-26 bombers. No shit. Yeah. I never knew that. B-26 really? bombers, and then he became a railroad engineer. Hoghead? Hoghead, yep. His nickname was Honda. Honda Hall. Why is that? He used to work for a radio station as the ad, ad manager. No and shit. And they had this contest where him and my mom, well, Dad drove this Honda 90 from Vernon to Vancouver and back, and people guessed how long it would take him, and whoever guessed closest won the Honda. So when he joined the railroad, his nickname became Honda, Honda Hall. Kind of funny. He was a big guy. He was like 260 pounds. And, you know, you could just visualize him riding a little Honda 90 to Vancouver. Anyway, it was pretty funny. So hey, was, why are we having dessert before steaks? Why? Because them we, steaks. We want to get into this. Oh, hey, 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 keep the lid on. They're We're getting done. a little bit of heat in there. That's right. So how long was your dad in there? B-50? He actually was the B pilot or what? B-26, yes. He was a pilot. Well, he married my mom. And then he only served for four years, one term. And then uh, my did mom go, did, did he see action? No, after the war. So okay. he was born in 1932, so it would have been about 1950, right? So he was like four or five years after the war. So all his buddies were, were ex-veterans, ex right? They were all hardcore, man. The war was hard. I'm glad we didn't have to fight it because yeah. it fucked all those old guys up. They all died really young, drank themselves to death, alcoholism, uh, post-traumatic stress. It was... It was, it was pretty sad, actually. Anyway, that's a sad subject. Sad. Another subject that's what? making me fucking laugh. What? <laughs> Don't talk with your mouth full. Hey, tell everybody about the time that you took out about 80 feet of fence when you're all fucked up on T3s. <laughs> oh, ten second rule. It wasn't T3s. What was it? I was getting my teeth fixed. I was getting, see this beautiful smile? Anyway, it was expensive. And the doctor said they were going to do some implants. So he said, a half hour before you come, take this pill. Well, he never told me I wasn't supposed to drive. Well, what do you think the fucking pill was, a Viagra? Well, I didn't know what it was. All I know is I took the pill. I was a half hour away from the dentist's office. <laughs> I turned the corner, wiped out 80 feet of fence, got pulled out. I was still a mile away from the dentist's office. Like a moron, I hopped back into my truck, pulled into the dentist's office, took out the side of a brand new Ford 350 in the parking lot, left a note saying, fucked up in the dentist's <laughs> office. Here's my number. Anyway, I don't usually tell that tale. <laughs> hey, you're bringing up some bad things. Did you, ever get, did you get your teeth fixed? Yeah. And I think it cost me about 3000 bucks to fix the truck. What about I, the fence? I never went back and admitted to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that nice of a guy. 
Anyway. Oh, fuck. How long have you had that Chevelle for? Tell me the story about that Chevelle. Okay. I used to own a 1967 L79 Nova SS, 350 horse, 327 four-speed. I was about 23, 24 years old, and I traded it to a buddy of mine that's now dead straight across for that 68 SS 396 In what year? car. That would have been about 1980. Wow. Then, because I wasn't very smart in those days, I had a little bit of legal issues. I ended up selling the car to a buddy of mine in pieces for 2,000 bucks. Then, Rolf Manthe, the yeah. guy that built the shop. Yeah, Ralph, yeah. My buddy I sold the car to was named John Nurse. He gave that car to Rolf, Mon- Rolf Manthe to side his house. 15 years later, John said, Rolf wants to sell the car. It was still in my name. It was 15 years later, and I paid 4,000 bucks to get it back. And then we restored it. No shit, so how long have you had it for? 40 years. It's been in my name for 40 years, that no car. No shit, eh? My son drove it to grad. He helped Ted. Ted Reading and Connor actually did, but did the restoration while I was at work. Well, have you known Ted Reading that long? I've known Ted, well, I met him just so I've lived in China. 30 years. Yeah, I've known Ted about 30 years. No way, eh? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, so anyway, they restored the car, and then Connor drove it to grad. I was in the back seat just to make sure he didn't abuse it too much. Oh, give me a break. Said he could do a little burnout in front of the school, but not oh, a big one. Something like his father. <laughs> anyway, no. Hopefully his kid's smarter than his father. Well, that's kind of interesting. That's an interesting history, eh? It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing at the end of the day where... It's just a course of events that goes through a person's lives, eh? What's amazing that you can have something for 40 years and I haven't written it off yet. <laughs> Speaking about writing shit off. Hey! Let's hear, let's hear the story about Mike Hall, the driver. No. Yeah. I just, last week I had a minor accident. I took my 2016 Dodge and put it over a 20-foot embankment, rolled it, rolled it off. Elaborate a little bit more about this story. There's more to it than that. I no, know basically, I blame the road conditions. <laughs> well, that's fine. But what was underneath your truck when you rolled it? Actually, I'm lucky I walked away from that accident. Because it was, it was a super bad hairpin corner. It was 25 below, straight ice. I had brand new winter tires, studded. My truck did not turn. I don't think excessive speed was part of the problem. But anyway, let's just say my truck did not turn. I drove right over the bank. I rolled, and I guess three months earlier, a Toyota had gone over the same bank, and it was basically stuck like this, right in the bank. I went over the bank, I rolled, and I couldn't figure out what happened, because the bumper of that car ended up against my steering wheel. So I took the whole roof of my truck and collapsed it right to the steering wheel. And what about your dog? Uh, Poor Lincoln, like, so here I am, it's 25 below, blizzard, I'm upside down, well, the truck ended up kind, kind of leaning like this, and I can't figure out why there's no roof. You know what I mean? Like I was a little dazed, and Lincoln's head was stuck in between the windshield and the dash. He was stuck. Was he still barking, or did he finally shut up? He was whining a little bit. <laughs> he was whining. So basically, oh, I had Mike. to punch out the window, pull his head out, and then I climbed up the top, realized I was on the car. I thought maybe there were still people in it. I oh, shit. I so you, rolled, you, you went off the end of the bank, 
You crashed and you crashed onto another vehicle that was already down there. went over the same spot. Yes. So I climbed, I lifted my door up, I get up on top of my truck and go, holy fuck, there's a car underneath me. So I didn't know if it had just gone over, if there was people in there, if I just landed on top and killed them. So my dog's got his head stuck in the window. Meanwhile, I'm crawling out of the truck to go down and see well, if there's bodies. dog? I let him sit there and whine for a minute. He seemed to be okay. Well, I had to get out first. So he wasn't climbing up out. So anyway, I went and looked. He was okay. There was no bodies in there. I had to climb back up underneath the truck and get the dog out. But anyway, we both walked away. Oh, Ave, I think they're gonna be warm. Jesus. What? Oh, God. Oh, God. God, what? You're going to poison me. No, Mike. Mike. Where's the baked potatoes? Where's the entree? I'm still in the store. Did you have a crusty baguette to go with that steak? i give you something crusty right here. <laughs> there. I'll give you a crusty baguette already. Dave, <laughs> hey, keep, it, keep it above, above board, buddy. Above board. Tell me your best railway story when you're working on a railway. How long have you worked in the railway for? Off and on for 40 years. How long? Off and on for 40 years. I 40 started years. on the railroad, we're still working on the railroad. I mean, there was a bunch of time I did a bunch of highways work, but I spent probably out of 45 years working, I probably spent 12, 13 years, 15, almost 20, working off and on for the, for the railroad. No shit. Yeah. What's your most memorable story? One that I can tell? Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah exactly. Some of the sketchiest things we ever did was on the railroad in the old days. One of the scariest things we ever did was walking through tunnels down in the canyon. Because in the Fraser Canyon, you got tracks on both sides. Yeah. So sometimes we'd have to walk like quite a, quite a while. Well, sometimes you ended up walking through tunnels. Well, you could not tell when you heard the train whistle what side of the river the train was on. So I got stuck in a train tunnel once. What did you do? You get down in the side of the tunnel, down in the ditch, put your hands over your head shit. and pray to Jesus that there's nothing dragging on the train going by. That's what you do. A whole train went over top of you? Well, right beside me. You're this far from it, but you're laying in the it's ditch. It's close enough. Yeah, and you're praying that there's nothing dragging because you're going to die. No kidding. Yeah. So that's about the sketchiest thing. I mean, we did lots of crazy things. One of the funniest things we ever did on the railroad I wonder if there's a statute of limitations on poaching. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a statute of limitations on poaching. We were down there once. I'd gone down to, just down for, for, for break. The sockeye salmon were, were running. And right down by the Fraser, like that river surges. Surges up and down two, three feet. So I'm okay. standing there on this little outcropping of rock. And I'm watching the river come up and down two, three feet. And as it comes up, there's fins right there. So I go, I'm gonna catch me a friggin' salmon. So I just bent down and about two minutes later, the river came up, there was a salmon, I just went scoop and threw a five pound sockeye up on the bank. So then I grabbed the fish and now I gotta run up the bank 600 fucking feet with this fish. Well, it was flopping around a bit, how was yes. hoping the Hoping the fisheries chopper doesn't fly over and bust me for poaching us. Well, you probably thought you were a bear with all your dreadlocks. Well, anyway, anyway, I didn't have the dreads then. That was back when I was short haired. I had shorter hair than Connor back in the day anyway. I wasn't always a freak. I came on in later life. Later life? Yeah. Anyway, let's not go there. This is for children, right? This is no, this is No, people are curious about you, Mike. Yeah. Speaking about, speaking about lives and life and stuff, interesting. 
You know, there was a time when you were a bit of a wild child, eh? What, 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 I, I know you don't want to probably talk about yep. it, but you know what? It, it's, it's good. You know what? It, it's good incentive for other people. Yes. Well, anyway, I've, I've done a lot of things I'm not proud of, but I'm a firm believer. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but no, you went through you went through a fairly traumatic time, did you? Uh, yes, know? yes. I've 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 been over. Like I said, basically, when you're rock scaling, you don't live on the edge; you live over the edge. Well, when you spend 40 years of your life over the edge, you tend to get carried away in some habits. Some good, some not so good, some downright terrible. So I'm not going to get and, into and, too and, much well, detail, you know, but I've been down a lot of very dark roads in my time, and uh, one of my best buddies blew himself up. And at his funeral, what, he, he had some severe drug, drug issue problems. And one of, the, one of the things said, you know, when you're at the end of your rope, there's only one way to go, and that's up. So I've been at the end of my rope, and I've realized there's only one way to go, and that's up. Because if you keep going down, you get to a point where you don't come back. And I've been almost to that point several times in my life, and I'm just glad I can sit here and talk, Dave, because... I've, I've seen what, some dark times and some dark places. What, but what, what made you decide to uh, just change your way? Well, basically, one day I woke up and said, life's a pretty good thing. So why am I in uh, such a rush to try and end it? And that was it. Woke and you up, give up everything. Gave up. Fucking every, just everything. Yeah. Everything conceivable a man you give up. Yeah, well, I, yeah, there's but there wasn't nothing I hadn't done. So, yeah, I just said life's a good thing and it's time. And don't, and then when people tell me they can't do it, it's hard, says, I know it's hard. But like I said, the longest journey always begins with the first step. And if you can't take that first step, you may as well just keep going downhill. Another thing I like to tell people, you only coast in one direction. If you want to get anywhere in life, it's an uphill struggle. I spent 40 years of my life packing heavy shit up hills. I know what it takes to get somewhere, and it's not coasting. Life's hard, and you got to be prepared to put in the work if you want to get somewhere. Anyway, enough about fucking being. We aren't here to talk about that shit, Abe. No, we're not. But we're here to talk about you, Mike. People, people are curious. Why and don't we talk about you, Abe? I think it's very. Is it true that your mom let you bury a container in your yard? No, that's full of <laughs> shit. It was true though that they busted one of the largest underground grow ops in Fort St. John at a piece of property that we used to own. Actually, my uncle used to own. Oh, maybe that's where I heard that, that story. That, that, that's where that story oh, okay. goes. Okay. That's where that story. Okay. Uh, Section twenty-four, I do believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, in Fort St. John, yeah. it's at Siphon Creek. Was that your uh, your legal defense? I was under a section 24. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, you broke my train of thought, you fucker. Um, well, don't tell me a train of trot. It's more like a little a train of trot. Yeah, a train of more like a go kart of thought. Yeah, the a train of trot. <laughs> um, but no, back back to the back. It's you know what I think it's important for people to you know to give people maybe a little bit of a. You know, they say, hey, you know what, this is, you know, they, they see us up sitting up there and go, oh, you guys have never had it hard, oh, it's oh, no. easy, whatever. You know, it's, it's kind of nice for people to understand the shit that actually that people actually we went through or you went through. A lot of people said I should be a drug counselor because I can speak from, from the experience, right? But I mean, it's just, it's never too late to change your life, right? I'm also a very firm believer in that old saying, today is the first day of the rest of my life. Yeah. And right, because if you can't, like every day you can change. Right? I changed. Most people thought I never would. Right? Most, a lot of my old friends are surprised I'm still alive. Cause yeah. They saw me on the road to ruin. And well, I tell you what, I, like I say, that's kind of when I first got to know you a little bit when you were going down that road. And, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, uh, 
again, it's, uh, it's not an easy thing. And you know what? You should, you should be very proud of yourself for pulling your head out of your ass and going on the straight and narrow. Well, How long eight, has it been? It's been, what, eight years? Almost 10 years now, yeah. Almost 10 years, yeah. eh? But you well, know what? what? You still haven't learned to do dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still hygienically challenged. <laughs> I tell you what. Whatever. But anyway, flip those things. I already flipped them once already. Oh, I think you should flip them again. Oh, yeah, look. See, that one's starting to turn brown. I think they're almost cooked, Dave. Fucking good. I know. A couple more minutes. Well, no, like I said, I mean, yeah. I mean, nowadays, pot's legal. I never thought I'd see the day when they would legalize pot. So I'm glad I quit smoking it because there's no thrill if it's legal. I mean, what's, what's the point? What's the point? The whole thing about the counterculture was doing shit that wasn't legal. Now it's legal. And it also got way too strong. Not very rebellious, eh? No. Well, no. Not very rebellious. Or, yeah. or as someone once said to me, that's what I look like after smoking a joint. <laughs> anyway. Now the next question that we all get asked a hundred thousand times. Tell me about the emotional roller coaster it was deciding to get rid of all of your shit. Well, Abe, I spent my whole life was basically rock scaling and car collecting. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, even though I look like I'm very young, and as I like to tell people, I'm preserved from the 80s, but anyway, um, one day I woke up and realized the things that you think you own actually own you. And I got to the point in my life where I own so much stuff, I couldn't move. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. It's all about what am I going to do with the cars? What am I going to do with the properties? What am I going to do with all this stuff? And then once you start hitting 65 years old, you start thinking, we all start out with three how feet. Fuck, how fucking old are you? I'm 65 in a month. When's your birthday? February 4th. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but that's good, Abe. Mine's cooked. Cooks are yeah. cooked. But anyway. Here. Oh, thanks. Is that your plate? Well, all I got. You are one disgusting human being. What if I get sick from eating on that? It'll build your immune system. I got a good one. You got a knife? Yeah. But anyway, once you hit. You know what I mean? We're born with three feet, Abe, right? The old tape measure? Fuck, Mike, I don't have three feet. Last time I looked about seven inches or maybe six. Hey, <laughs> we're not talking about your fucking whatever. When you stretch out the tape measure, yeah. everybody starts out with three feet. Well, once you hit 65, you got a little less than three feet. You probably got about one foot. Yeah, your fingers off my steak. So anyway. I started thinking, what would happen? There's no guarantees in life, Abe. I could drop, I could drop dead tomorrow. I could die leaving your place. Who knows? You know, I that's said, the thing I get a kick out of. Yeah. Nowadays, you go to school. Everybody gets a ribbon. Everybody's, you know, everybody gets a ribbon. Everybody's a hero. Everybody's great. Like life is 95% struggle and hurt and failure. Abe, let's not even go there. Okay. I know this civilization took. A turn for the worse as soon as they outlawed corporal punishment in school. You ever get the strap? No, but they threatened it numerous <laughs> times. <laughs> but it wasn't the strap that scared you. It was when you went home and your mom said, wait until your dad gets home. That's what scared you, right? That's what you scared you. Yeah, I mean, 
In the old days, you did not tell your teacher to go pound sand. You did not tell someone older than you to go pound sand. Now it's just, there's no consequences. As soon as they took out consequences for actions, that's what ruined modern civilization, as far as I can say. Because if there's no consequence for your actions, how do you learn anything? How do you learn, Abe, if it doesn't sting? Well, you don't. You don't. That's right. It's real simple. No consequence. You can make the same mistake over and over again. But anyway, not that I believe in beating your kids, but spare the rod, spoil the child. <laughs> you can't even say that anymore. You spank your kids? I couldn't catch them. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Connor. Once he hit 14, I couldn't catch him anymore. Anyway, no. I remember, I remember the last licking I got very vibrantly. I drove our truck on top of the manure pile. <laughs> and you were in deep shit. My mother come back from doing something out riding a fucking horse, chasing some cows or something. She come back, and she had the bridle in her hand. Or the, uh, bridle? Yeah, close enough. Had the bridle in her hand. And the first pace I got her across the ass with the reins, <laughs> gives you a sense to get moving, eh? Yeah. Get running a little fast and she's running behind me. Crack! I got her again. Third hit, I got going fast up. I got out of the way, but I still remember it. And did you learn a lesson? You know what? It didn't do a guy any harm. No. No. It just taught you a lesson. Yeah. Action, consequence. Right now, that's the problem with all these kids. They have no consequence. I remember Connor once. He was an asshole on the bus. So they kicked him off the bus for two weeks. See, so, so you know what that meant, Dave? He got yeah. a chauffeur ride to school every morning because his mom had to give him a ride to school. The only person that hurt was you or your, your wife. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I said, why don't you keep him, at, keep him in at lunch? Go make him pick garbage. No, anyway. Maybe this is disgusting. People are going to think we have no You know manners. what? This table gives that meat a little bit of a taste. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like 80, 90 weight. Nah, it tastes like bamboo. It's actually pretty good steak, Abe. Tender. It is. It cooked it good on there. Yeah. For something I thought was going to be a problem, you know what? It turned out to be really turned good. It turned out to be good. See, you were whining about nothing. Mike, you know how I get when I don't eat. I know. You can't be around me. The devil comes out in me. And I, I can't help myself. You cry Why like wouldn't you girl. eat that? What? That green part of that. Because it's not sweet. Hmm. Okay, back to the subject. What subject, Dave? How's that steak? It's, it's pretty fucking good, isn't it? It's delicious. Can't believe I'm eating it off your table. Well, Mike, there's one thing about it. You know what? You don't do dishes. Neither do you. All. <laughs> <laughs> I'll clean it up with some brake clean a little later on. No. The question that I get most asked as we started talking, we kind of got off track. No. Go back to your feelings about getting rid of all them cars or to lead up no. or to get rid of it and how your feelings are, what your feelings were at the very beginning. Well, I remember the first time I was interviewed on, on CBC. Remember when I first tried, tried to sell all the cars and then we did, we did the drone, drone video and it yeah. went viral all across the world. It was nuts. CBC phoned me and I was standing out in the field and Cheryl Loft from CBC as it happens, was interviewing me. And she said, well, what will it be like if you sell all the cars? I almost started bawling, eh? Because I'd never really thought about actually not having the cars. I mean, they've been a constant in my life for 40 years. But then another five, six years went by, 
And I realized, what happens if I drop dead? Does Connor want 600 cars? Does my wife want 600 cars? Nobody wanted 600 cars but me. So basically what the auction was was a preemptive strike against death. Because normally I would have died and my wife and kids would have had to deal with 600 friggin' cars. It's not fair, fair to them. It's not their dream. It's not their passion. It's not what they wanted to do. So in a way, it was sad. Because I mean, some of those cars I'd had for 40 years. But in another way, it was the most freeing thing I've ever done. Because it was a huge, massive weight off my shoulders knowing those are gone. My kids don't have to deal with it. My wife doesn't have to deal with it. And I don't have to move 500 cars again. So it was, it was a bittersweet memory. It was a bittersweet experience. Yeah. Eh? There was sadness, but there was gladness, right? Is that a word? Gladness? Glad, sadness, gladness. Sad, sadness sad, and glad. gladness. I know. Happy, my, glad, sad. Yeah, happy, yeah, my vocabulary is starting to get down to your level. Right? <laughs> Welcome um, hanging out with you. You know, but there's one thing to be said, though. After all that stuff is all sold and it's all gone, when you're watching it go out. Well, you know, the best thing, hey, some of that stuff I've been packing around for 40 years. I hadn't got to it. If I haven't got to something in 40 years, when am I going to get to it? It isn't that. You know as well as I do, it becomes a part of a person. Yeah, but the whole idea with the cars was do something with them. It wasn't just collect them, let them rot into yeah, the field. Yeah, they're not really right? rotten. It's, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know how you explain it or how you would explain it. It's kind of a, it's kind of who you are, what you are. Yeah, but It's hey, kind of, it's owning stuff, having stuff. We're hoarders, Mike. Yeah, but the thing is, I saved those cars, some of them for up to 40 years, with the idea of doing something with them, not with the idea of letting them rust or get squished. So the <sighs> fact that everybody, every single car I owned, well, that I hauled down to the auction and didn't have second thoughts about, and kept, but every car that went at the auction went to someone that's gonna do something with it. Because yeah. it's way easier for 400 people to do something with one car each than it was for me to do something with 400 or 500 cars. Yeah, but the problem of it is, Mike, is back, you get attached to all that shit. You know, as much as I do, you get attached to your junk. Yeah, but sometimes you gotta unattach, Abe. Well, that's what you I was did, attached to, to a lot of other things back in the day, too. I managed to give them up, so it's not like you can't unattach. I mean, Abe, I was supposed to keep 10, 10 cars. I how, kept many, how, how many did you keep end up? At a 10, you're supposed to keep 10? How, how many yeah. end up with? I think it's around 70. We haven't actually done the final count yet. <laughs> I'm afraid to. But I'm now, get... as you were telling me the other day, what are you upset about? What? As you told me about having 70 cars, you kept 70. Now, what are you upset about? That I kept 70. Should have sold them all. But I didn't because I had second thoughts and misgivings. And, well, I'm going to keep some of them cars I hauled down to that field twice and then hauled them back. Right? Hauled them down, I'm going to sell it. Then I looked at it. No, I'm going to bring it back. So now I've got 70 more to get rid of. Would you say that you're a self-cured hoarder? I'm only a semi-hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only partially retarded, I guess you could say, Abe. I don't know. I mean, I should have let them all go, but I couldn't, right? And I started with 10. Yeah, I could get down to 10. I said, it's easy. I'll just keep 10. Well, first I got to 10, and then 20, then 30. And the end, it's more like 70 or 80. I'm going to find out when the snow goes. Fuck, I still got a card on there. I keep forgetting I own. That Pubica. Publica. Pubica. Publica, Abe. Toyota Pubica. Toyota Publica. <laughs> Publica. Anyway. There wasn't very many of them heaps made. It was an automatic, I think. 
and there wasn't many that came came to Canada. No way. No, very rare. So you're happy now? Yeah, I'm happy. I mean, Abe, I still got 78 and 80 cars, and most of the ones I kept are quite valuable. I mean, I finally, after 40 years of collecting and four years of restoring, I mean, there's still probably just about every one is 10 to 20 grand that I kept. Yeah. No, I right? think you did, you did good on that. That's yep. a good choice on your part. Like you said before, you may not have had a plan, but it all worked out very That's good right. in the end. That's right. You know, so. Yeah. I mean, you don't start just collecting one car and 40 years later you end up with 600. You didn't have a plan, Abe. No, you had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> a plan problem. That yeah, was a problem. But anyway. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I look around too and I just, you know. Yeah, you got as much junk as me, Abe, except yours is more junky and less valuable. Oh, come on now, Mike. <laughs> it's quality pre-owned artifacts. I know. Well, hopefully, hopefully you can find as many people to buy your junk as I found to buy mine. <laughs> nice snot rag, Abe. You that like that? Is, yeah, yeah. That's has character, that rag. You're like, like I didn't blow my nose on it first and then wipe the yeah, table off yeah. and your knife and then cut it something for you. I'm surprised, yes. Um, happiest moment of your life? Happiest moment of my life. There'll be a couple of them. Fuck. Just pain, misery, and suffering is all coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Happiest What moment. is something that sticks out in your mind of your life? I don't know. Um, my kids being born. Um, first time I drove, I drove my Chevelle with the, with the motor in and laid a 300-foot patch of rubber. I don't know. The thrill of the hunt, finding rare cars. First time I body surfed in Mexico, ca caught a wave at 90 degrees, got slammed into the beach, bent over backwards, almost broke my back. I don't know, just repelling off a 300-foot cliff. Ah, what was like that flying. like the first time? It's like flying, Abe. It's as close to flying as I want to get is repelling. Because you're, you're in free fall, except you're attached to a rope. I would never bungee jump. I don't even fly. I would never skydive. Yeah, what? Did you watch your kids being born? No, I was late for both of them. <laughs> Does that still piss you off? Yeah, well, I was, I was working. I mean, you, you never know when it's going to happen. I was working. It's not like I'm going to take two weeks off and wait, yeah. right? Somebody had to, but I mean, I was usually, yeah. usually a couple hours late, late, late on both of them. But uh, anyway, I was there. I mean, they, they both turned out to be really good kids. You know what? You do, you, you do got two good kids, That's by right. the way. Yeah. yeah, like I said. Fortunately, I, I was able to give them both jobs because nobody else will hire them. <laughs> <laughs> Mine told me, he goes, Dad, I love you, but you can go fuck yourself. I'm never working for that's you right. ever again. <laughs> well, that's because you didn't pay him enough, eh? <laughs> yeah, never mind. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Um, God, I was going somewhere. What is it with your bullshit of not flying? I, I'm very curious. That's something I've never asked you. It's a control thing, Abe. I can drive 24 hours straight. I drive across Canada. I drive to Mexico. But to get into a plane and have somebody else in control, I'm just not into it. Well, you flew lots of helicopters. Yeah. We had 500 flights and three, actually had about three flights a day. I had about 500 flights there in five, six months up at, a, up at a, the Nova Gold Project. Said I'd never get into a chopper again either. When you're three, four crashes behind and they tell you every morning you shove 15 of you into the burden. Today, we're statistically speaking, we're three helicopter crashes behind based on the number of flights we've had. And then 15 of you would climb in the bird. You'd be going up 7,000 feet over the pass and the pilot's going, 
can anybody see the ground? <laughs> can anybody see the ground? Like it's, if man was meant to fly, he'd have been born with fucking wings. That's all I got to say. Aww. I don't like flying. Hey, now tell a story. What was that big helicopter that was there? The MI-26, world's now, biggest helicopter. Now, there is a, tell me a little bit of the goings on of it. That thing had rotors 105 feet across. Those guys that hooked those up, there was like 200K ground winds underneath that bird. The rotor's 105 feet, okay, across. So when that thing's parked, it's five stories high, and the blades almost touch the ground. Oh, shit. So when those guys go, go to hook something, to rig something, they got a full face mask, they're wearing a can, and they're leaning forward like it was nuts. We were at a heading once, and they came to pick up was it a sweeper or a grader or something? Anyway, there were 60-foot, three-foot culverts laying around. They started blowing around like toilet paper rolls. That's how much prop wash that thing had. It was unbelievable. Your truck would be parked 200 feet away. If you left the window rolled down, there'd be gravel like this inside the truck just from the wash from the, uh, from the rotors. It was pretty nuts. The thing could... No shit, eh? In Canada, I think they were licensed for 40,000-pound picks. But in Russia, they could pick tanks fly them across the rivers. That's how big these, it was, it was pretty amazing. Now, tell me a story of whatever really, you know what I'm talking about? No. The ambulance. Oh, the first time when you go into this Galore Creek, the first chopper flight, they take you over the gorge and show you this ambulance they dropped from 2,000 feet. So the first time they had it strapped up, they were flying a brand, brand new ambulance, like brand new zero miles. No shit. And they didn't have it tied down right and the friggin thing fell off or somehow it dropped and went down 2,000 feet into the river. They salvaged the spare tire out of it I think. That was it. Well it must that have been fairly flat. Yeah. Did it rip it apart or what? It just it was just a mangled ambulance sitting there down down in the gorge. It was it was pretty insane like that. That was the largest non-military chopper show in the world at that time. No kidding. 12 hours a day, seven day, days a week, 20 to 30 birds flying. It was nuts. Well, they had 140 kilometers of road, 18 separate headings, and there was not two sections joined together. D8 cats, they'd take off the C-frame and the tracks, fly them in. With that helicopter? Yes. No shit, that thing would lift a D8 cat. It'd pick up a 40-foot container, you'd be there scaling, and a 40-foot container would be going I'd over I'd be more worried about the DA cat yeah. going over my head than the 40-foot container. So when they shut it down, they paid everybody out for the equipment because it was cheaper than flying everything back out. There's still shit sitting there six, seven years, years later because it was spread out over 140 kilometers from where the road started to where the mine site was. It was no kidding. It was insane. It was insane. I tell you what. You guys got enough yet? Speaking about <laughs> blasting. Speaking about blasting, okay. What's the neatest thing you ever blew up or what's the weirdest thing you ever blew up or what's the weirdest experience you've ever blown up on something? The scariest thing I ever did, I was green and we were working up at a place called Quinitza Pit. And there was this huge Where rock. Where's that at? Uh, between Terrace and Rupert. Okay. Anyway, there was this big chunk of rock. I was running air track. So I wasn't very smart. I mean, at the time, didn't have uh, much experience. So we put six holes in this rock and we put the holes this way, right? Six big holes. This rock was probably three, 400 cubic meters. It was a big rock. How big is that? How many pounds, Mike? Size of what? About a quarter as big as a shop. So like uh, say 
10 meters by 10 meters by four meters. Okay, big. So like, yeah, so like 30 by 30 by 15. Okay. Or 25 by 25 by 25 or something, right? Big, big rock. So I put six holes in it, loaded it up with horse cock, which is two, two by 16 inch, 75% dynamite. And then I went and stood behind this big log about 200 feet in front of it. We have a saying when you blast, it's okay if the earth moves, but when the sky turns black, you fucked up. Well, the sky turned black. And because all the holes were like this, all the rock just shot right at me. So oh, I looked shit. up and the sky was literally turning black. And this log was about six feet, six feet, feet around. I, I just kind of got underneath the backside of the log and started saying Hail Marys. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, oh yeah, oh yeah. We also did a bulldoze on that same site. There was a rock as big as a house. It was big. It was as big as a house, and it was moving down slope, and we could not get an air track up to it to drill it. <coughs> we had to get this rock down. We packed seventy bags of Amex while the rock was moving around. How fast was the rock moving? It was just creeping. Like how? Creeping. Like like. Like a couple of three, couple, couple inches an hour, but it was moving and you could, it was moving. No and shit. So we packed 70 bags of Amex underneath it and around it and down in behind now, it. Now Amex, that's just that nitrogen fertilizer? Or um, what? Ammonium nitrate fuel, fuel oil mix, yes. Okay. It has the most bang for the buck. It's just, it's, a, it's like. The most push. Anyway, perfect. we put 70 bags behind this rock. Then we let her go. Did it get it moving? Uh, took every leaf off every tree for about 300 feet, and that rock ended up in one piece right in the middle of the pit. That was the same rock that I put the holes in, and then almost, yeah. Oh, anyway. the same one that almost yeah. got you. Yeah, yeah, same it, rock. It had a vengeance Anyway, for so there was two of the sketchiest things, things that we ever did. I wouldn't do, do that now. I'm, 40 years later, I'm a lot smarter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm still here. Um... Like I said, that's actually quite a bit of stuff. I actually didn't know quite a few things about you. That's kind of cool, actually. You never, you know? Anyway, I used to be an athlete. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Basketball, volleyball, you rugby, track actually, and field. Cool. Yeah. I was the best half miler in Kamloops. No shit. Yeah. I used to run. Then I started smoking. <laughs> Took the lungs right out of me. Seriously? Anyway, I'm good now, yes. Yeah. Huh. Any regrets in life? No, because I'm still here. Interesting answer. I would not want to relive it. I don't want to be young again. I've, I've had a full life, a good life. I've learned a lot of lessons. I wish I had the coffee cup that my wife gave, gave me once. It said, Mike, you are an Aquarian. You make the same mistakes over and over again. People think you're stupid. I wish I had that cup. Every day I'd get up and look at the cup and try not to make the same mistakes over and over. But I've tried. I've Speaking tried. Speaking about being stupid, what kind of marks did you get in school? I was pretty good in the math and the physics. I was actually going to become a, an engineer until I partied my student loan away. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you ever pay, pay it back? Yeah, yeah. I was averaging 80, 85, 90% in the math and the physics. Because I know it, that you're incredibly fast when you give you a math problem. Like, well, incredibly fast. That's why I'm in business, Ave. I like numbers. I'm not, yeah. I have no artistic talent whatsoever. Unless you be in the restaurant business, because I like food. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd eat all the profits. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
Um, I don't know. I just kind of cool. What do you? What are your plans for the summertime? Well, um, as everyone probably knows, we might be doing some filming. Uh, we're not well, nobody knows. I get the same question asked yeah. all the time. Yeah, there's we might be good, doing some filming. There's a very good possibility that we're we're still. You didn't you didn't sell everything. You no. still got you no, still, no. I still got 70, 80 cars. You've still got you still the got shop. a shop. Yeah. So I mean, I'll probably be. Uh, there's a couple builds I still have left that I want to do. Not thousands and thousands or yeah. hundreds anymore, but there's a couple cars I've been packing around a very long time that I'd like to see. Uh, come to fruition, so we, uh, shall we say, and uh, we'll see what the future holds. No one knows for sure, but I still got a couple builds in me, I think. You know, that's the interesting thing, that people don't realize how much stress that we're actually under. It's a different kind of stress that, 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 that is hard to explain, doing the show and build, doing these builds and stuff, and the timeline's got to be the hardest thing that there really, truly, honestly is. But one thing we've learned, there is no schedule. <laughs> I tell you what, man, it's tough. Yep. Anyway, and the other thing that we have learned, the first time is the best. <laughs> <laughs> but we always got to do it four times, eh, Dave? Yeah, yeah, I tell you what, are, are you happy? Do, are, yeah. are, are the experience doing the show you're happy with? Yeah, Dave, like I said, I mean, it's, it's been an eye-opener. I mean, the whole idea of collecting 600 cars, I wanted to build some. Well, now I spent four years building them. I've come to, a, I've realized a few things. Not that we're going to discuss them here, but I've realized a few things. And like I said, I collected the cars. I did some cool things. We built some cool cars. I don't regret any of it. Like I said, it's, a, it's been an amazing experience. And uh, we'll see what tomorrow brings, because nobody knows. You know, the only thing that comes to my mind is when you're doing them vehicles, whatever your quote is, you better double her up. <laughs> and then you're still probably going to be short. Dave, I have a real business. It's not building cars. I tell you what, you'd never make her. I know. It's OK. What's the most money you lost on a vehicle? Probably about 60 grand. Good thing I have a real job, right, Dave? It is, yes. <laughs> Those first couple years when we were saying Mike's losing money, that was real. Yeah, anyway. people, yeah. yeah it's, anyway. a, it's a good thing. It, it's not an easy business. No. It's, no, it's not. No. And I'm, I'm not cut out for that business. I love cars. I love building cars. But building cars for, for people, that's a whole different ballgame. We're not supposed to talk about the show. We're going to get in trouble. Are you going to grow some garlic this year? I'm hoping to, yes. Elephant ear? Uh, maybe some Russian purple. I've got a, another greenhouse I want to put up. I want to get, get my dirt back in the, my feet back in the dirt. You're kind of, an, or kind of an organic guy, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, I'm actually a certified, most people don't know it, I'm actually a certified horticulturalist. Seriously? I have a ticket, yes. Took a 10-month course back when? at Caribou College uh, when I blew up my back working. I have a ticket in horticulture. I wasn't thinking about growing garlic when I took the course. <laughs> but, 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 but I mean, I can't. I'm good. It wasn't garlic that was on your mind. No, it wasn't garlic on my mind. It stuck like skunks. It was like, shit, <laughs> garlic. <laughs> anyway, that was then. But yeah, like I said, I mean, the older one gets, the more one appreciates the simple things in life, Ave. You know what? And I can appreciate that. Right? You know, watching you go through it, I go out and I look at all my shit in four or five different yards, and I just simply... How much does one man need? Not right? that much. The older you get, you're supposed to smarten up. It's not what you want, what do you need? Because there's a big difference between want and need. And the older I get, the less I, yeah. the less I want. And the simpler my needs become. And you know what? 
I think I, it's I, called age and experience. Well, you don't want the aggravation anymore. No, that's right. Just like, look at building cars right now. You can't get any parts. You can't wait for months. It, it and took, just, oh, yeah, it's a nightmare. It took me two weeks to get a set of bell springs. Yep. Well, we, we, we ordered some parts out of the States. It's three months, four months. Oh, they're coming. Yeah, we've got them. Just order them. They never show up. There, there's your build sitting there. I mean, like I said, this deadline, COVID, deadline, yeah, deadline. Yeah, this COVID has thrown a screw into more things than just people's health. But hopefully, uh, we're about to come out on the, come out on the other side. Anyways, I tell you what, super cool talking to you. Little slice, bud. Th thanks hey. for the steak. First time you ever bought dinner in five years. <laughs> <laughs> we um, we do have some questions from. Uh, some of Avery's followers on Instagram that okay. they'd love to know answers. Do you have your phone on you, Avery? Yep. Uh, do you want to read the people's uh, Instagram usernames and, and maybe uh, answer those questions if they're pertinent to you or to Mike or just, yeah. Mitch Lindley, how did he end up with that? You know, you know I know him, eh? I, I, you don't know that? That's my best friend's kid. No kidding. Oh, is it? That's Jason's kid? D yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, there's some questions here that people wrote, and this first one here is for me for some reason. How many pairs of rubber boots have you got? <laughs> Probably less than me. You're too cheap to buy more than one pair, Ave. I go through probably one pair a year. I probably got, I think there's probably about six pair of worn out boots laying around here. Oh yeah. The toes go, the toes? Separate. The, after kicking a lot of shit, yeah. but these new ones are not that bad. Yeah, because I've got the old ones. They separate right here. Yeah, but, but these ones are pretty good. The, the new ones I are awesome. I don't like that tread. But as I much. tell you what, my problem is, is I walk so much in them, I wear the soles off yeah. of them. For just to let people know, you know why Avery wears those boots? Because he's too fat to tie his shoes on. <laughs> It's not true, Mike. Yeah, it is. Anyway. Okay. That was Mitch. Mitchell Lindley. Yeah. Okay, what's the next question, Abe? Hopefully they're all, all for you and I don't have to embarrass myself anymore. What's the favorite, what's your favorite vehicle that you brought back to life and restored? I know what mine is. I think it's probably the Sunbeam because that was my first car. I knew it was going to be. You know which yeah. one mine was? What? Richard's truck. Yeah, that was cool. That yep. power wagon. Yep. I actually really enjoyed yep. that, actually. Yep. It is, you know, as mad as Richard was at me at the beginning. <laughs> Where did he come from? Did he float across a lake on a log? <laughs> Who was out that asked that one? I, I, my phone's doing weird things. Maybe he has a hard time reading. He, he's the only guy that did grade eight three times. Hey, Mike, I was the only guy in grade six with a driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> and could buy booze. Exactly. Yeah. That was from uh, Peace Man. Peace Man. Yeah, whoever the hell that is. A good question. Probably Peace River, Ave. <laughs> this one here is from Debbie Does Dishes. It was in <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> hey. No. Spit it out. I can't. Sp I can't. I, what does that say? Which one? Zaxter. Zaxter, uh, eight sixty two. Any any interesting stories about running into fans in public? I I got one. Okay. What's yours? I got one about. It's about you. Fuck! I just run into fans. Funniest one was when we were in. Um, 
I'm having a brain fart. Lillouette. When we were Lillouette and we walked into the grocery you know what, Mike? store. That was the most bizarre time. We got mobbed we by got every mobbed. cashier in, in the Lillouette grocery store. Yeah, and, and every woman yeah. shopping. Yeah. It was right full of women. Yeah. Yeah. We felt we were special there. <laughs> <laughs> Even Avery had some good looking ones hanging off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that. And kicking over for that, the third that's probably, time. Yeah. But that was. That my, was my, most, my most memorable one. My most memorable one is when we went to our first car show in Abbotsford. Okay, yeah, yeah. You remember that intoxicated woman? They come uh, running yeah. from one end of the building to yeah. the other and leapt up and grabbed the hold of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we went to our first car show. What, what is it, what is it? Uh, Mike, I remember you said, you like this, you need to stand in line like everybody else. <laughs> Well, they sat us down and we signed autographs for like five hours. Yeah. It was insane. Like it was, I mean, you know what I mean? Like I'm not a car guy. I'm a rock scaler. Now, you know, you're sitting there and people are lining up hundreds deep to, yeah. cause they want you to sign an autograph. And you know what? It's it was pretty, pretty weird. Uh, it's pretty weird. You know, I think the most, the most one that gets me doing autographs is the, is the younger generation. Is, is kind of what really the little kids it just it yeah. really it just it touches a chord almost yeah. eh? well i remember like the like the mums they'll write me and my son just loves your show and i'll go yeah. down in the field of dreams and hey zach mike here field of dreams happy birthday and yeah like like i mean to me it's three seconds out of my life but to them yeah. it's a big thing and it's really hard to my problem is when i look in the mirror i still see the same old dirty dingus rock scaler right everybody else sees me as a guy on TV, it's a weird thing. And that's the weirdest thing is, is when we're both together, people have a very hard time. They can't believe that we're actually like that in real life. Politically correct. Do you remember going through Tim Hortons parking lot? Which one? Where the hell we were? We were going to Edmonton. We were coming back from Calgary from the car show. Yeah. In uh, Golden. In Golden. Remember Tim Hortons parking yeah, lot? Golden. Yeah. Yeah. It took us what did it take us a half hour to get to the parking lot? Yeah. We got mobbed by people taking pictures yeah. of us and wanting pictures taken in, yeah. in, in, in the drive It's weird stuff. And it's kind of. It's interesting. Yeah. Because I see myself as no different than. Troll under the bridge. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I, the, the, the biggest kick I get is when people come up and they say you're just like you are on TV. And they, I said, there's a reason for that. I'm not a fucking actor. What you see is what you get. Like, it's like they expect you to be somebody else. You get asked it all the time. Do you have yeah. a script? Is this like a script? I said, fuck, we can't remember what we're doing next Tuesday. Mike can't remember where we put his keys, let alone his yeah. script. Yeah. It just, I couldn't follow one. I couldn't remember. Nope. But it's just, it's, it's fairly interesting. It's well, just, it's uh, All I know is you have to remain true to who you are. And that's it. Yeah. Right? I you see people that. that they change. I don't think I've changed. No, you still get the same clothes on you have last Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Whatever. Try and maintain, yeah. But anyways, okay, cool. Any yeah. other questions? I don't know. Where's the phone? You're supposed to scroll through them, eh? There was just a couple there. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, Mike, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you this summer. Do some yep. neat stuff. That's right. And well, hopefully this weather's going to smarten up and we're not going to, I mean, we've had fire and we've had flood. We've had freezing temperatures. I hope it's not locusts come spring. 
Seven Horsemen of the Apocalypse, the way it's going here, man. I tell you what, yeah. it's been a tough winter. Yeah. Well, and they're calling for, uh, for another, uh, what's the word, atmospheric river on Tuesday at the coast. There's six feet of snow in the canyon. You know what that's going to mean. Uh, if it, the freezing level gets up to six, 7,000 feet, yeah, I know what it's going to mean. We'll be going back to work. <laughs> it'll wash everything right back out yep. again. Oh, yeah, it'll be nuts. But anyway, been a slice, little buddy. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Okay, guys.